Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Scripture is out of uh, Luke chapter 2 and is going to be probably the most uh, recognizable Christmas through the Gospels uh, Scripture. And I chose to read all 21 verses because I feel like um, it's good for us uh, to remember this passage. And in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken in the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up to the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to the firstborn, a son, and she wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no room at the guest. No, no guest room available for them. And when the shepherds, living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night, the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. The Lord, and this will be a sign to you, you will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared to the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. And when the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And so they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying, praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. And on the eighth day, when it was time for, to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. May God add his blessing as we continue to sing this morning. Lord, that that would be our heart this morning. As we look at the Christmas story, that that would be our heart for the week. That even in the reflection of all the, the busyness, of all the family time, of all the connecting, the lights and food and all those things, that our hearts would be in the right place. That we would sincerely enjoy the gift that has been given us. 
that we would reflect on the difference that Jesus makes. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of a wonderful Savior. In your name we pray. Amen. Of course you're allowed. You got to run extra fast today. It's Christmas week, isn't that when? Isn't that when we we go extra fast? Happy birthday, Ken. Thank you, Dan. Are you 29 again? <laughs> I remember when I was 29. <laughs> uh, just a heads up, since we realized, just realized, I just realized, the flowers are in memory of Pat Michaels, which uh, Dave. Thank you, Dave, for reminding me of that. Um, we also forgot the RMMO offering, and <laughs> so we're going to do that during the offering at the end. This is this was Pastor Paul's uh, tie, and it always reminds me of the RMMO offering because he always was uh, was so thankful to get that uh, in his years of retirement, um, and and it's for it's reti- retired ministers and missionaries, and uh, he was always very thankful. Uh, that people would think of him in that way. So during regular offing this week, we will, we will take uh, the RMMO. So there's, and there are envelopes in your pew in front of you. That's what it looks like. Uh, that was to remind me to remind me. So. Just throw it in a plate. Yeah, otherwise you're going to get tangled up with Dave, and Dave might knock you over. Right, Dave? Just flex when you're going down the aisle, Dave. Dave? That's what I was thinking. Well, we're working our way through the Christmas, through the Gospels, and this week we get to Luke. And for me, it's, it's probably, and I'm sure for you, the most, uh, most traditional version of Christmas, right? It's, it's the story we've heard. I haven't watched the Charlie Brown Christmas yet. It may have been on. I may have missed it. I might have to Netflix it or flex Netflix or something, uh, rent it. I don't know, um, but but I'll never forget that you know Linus reading this passage, uh, and it's Doctor Luke's account of Jesus's birth, very detailed account. Uh, he shares with how how Jesus came to be and what the details that uh, that were behind it, and and he alludes to. Uh, some of the prophecies of, of the Old Testament. And, and we get a sense and almost can smell the, the smell of a, of a newborn babe. Right? You smell that baby. You can feel that soft skin. You can smell in the background a stinky barn. Right? We get all those pieces of uh, our, our senses are, are triggered, the, the, the sounds of the angels and the shepherds out in the, uh, in the fields, and uh, we can see the star, and all those things are just illuminated in this passage. It reminds us and probably gives us the best representation of what actually happened, a, a play-by-play, if you will, of that wonderful moment in in life, that wonderful moment in history. And we recognize that Luke did a a great job of of giving us all the details. 
He tells us how they felt. There was joy in their life. There was excitement. Um, there was a, a plan to go to Bethlehem to see the newborn king. And I think for us, all too often, the story's already been told, and so we lose some of that excitement that would have been there. We don't live in a, in a culture where we're awaiting a Savior, where we're awaiting someone to come. He has already come. But they, they lived in a, in a time and in a place where they, they were looking for a deliverer, someone who was going to come and save the day. They had tried to put people in that position. Mere humans. And they had watched that fail miserably. Over and over and over. And in their hearts, generation after generation, they, they would know these Old Testament prophecies. They would know that there was a Savior to come and save the day. They knew there was someone coming. There was anticipation. Anticipation like our kids have for Christmas. Anticipation for those times when we know something is coming. And Luke reminds us that it was worth the wait. They had waited so long, or as in Lumina's word, so, so long, right? Because one so isn't enough. I had to wait so, so long, Papa. Christmas is going to be so, so long. It was worth the wait. They were reminded that there was a Savior born in the city of David. The Savior had come. He had come to change the world. That was exciting. Life was turned on its head. They remembered the Old Testament passages. The prophets of old, Micah, who said, But, but you, O Bethlehem, Epithath, look who are little to be among the clans of Judah. From you shall come forth for me, one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from the old, from ancient days. They knew that someone would come. They knew that the Lord would come. And in Jeremiah, behold the day comes, says the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch. The king shall reign and prosper and execute judgment and justice in the earth. In his days Judah shall be saved and Israel shall dwell safely and there will be in a name whereby he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. They knew of this Savior. They didn't know when. It's kind of like us in the second coming. We know that Jesus is going to return. The scriptures tell us that Jesus will return. But we don't know when. My grandma always used to say it's one day closer, right? I appreciate that. We don't know when, and if you know when, please don't tell me you know when, because now we're going to have a problem, right? 
because the scripture is pretty plain. We don't know when. They didn't know when the Savior would come, and yet they were waiting for the gift. Right? We, we all can appreciate waiting for those gifts. Do you understand? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a little insight about why I don't go shopping until the 20th of December. It has nothing to do with busyness. I can't keep a secret. <laughs> I get too excited about Christmas. So when I actually go and do some shopping, I'm excited. I'll get it wrapped. But if I only wrap it like three days, I can handle three days. I could never handle a month. So, so long, exactly. <laughs> So in complete honesty, now someone said to me yesterday, there can't be anything good left. There's all kinds of good stuff. You just got to open your eyes, right? Creativity, <laughs> Creativity that's right, Ken. <laughs> My wife needs more dishcloths or whatever, right? I said, Walmart is full of things. Food, oranges, you can pick. You don't have... People get too picky. It's the, it's the spirit of giving, yeah. So if anybody wants to go shopping, I don't know, what's today, the 18th? So I think we can go shopping on Wednesday. If anybody wants to go shopping on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I'm going to be a little busy, but Friday. That's right. Yeah. That's why I really go shopping on the 20s. Because I love the anticipation of a good gift. I love to be in that moment where someone unwraps something that's really exciting. I love those times. Anticipation is really uh, pretty high for me, actually, at Christmas. We have been uh, talking to Lumina daily these days. Uh, she has ramped up her discussions, and they're at least a half an hour long, and we talk about all the important things of life, and um, like Christmas, and uh, what might be in a gift, and what she's going to get. And, and so, uh, Hannah... we. We didn't think about this. We didn't realize that a three-and-a-half, almost four-year-old would need an advent calendar. Um, so we didn't give her, had I thought about it, I would have bought a chocolate one because that would have been a slam dunk next year. So Hannah and Luna have built a chain of paper, and that was how many days Christmas was left because she just could not handle how long Christmas was going to be. And so trying to teach an almost four-year-old how to grasp, uh, get a sense of how many days are left. Uh, they build a chain, a paper chain, and, and the whole goal was every day we cut out one more loop, right? And so we get one, and then Grandma and Papa ask the question, how many days are left? And we pretty much ask that every time. And so we go through and we count, and um, we start, well, last Friday, uh, we ask, how many days are left? And Lumina counts out the loops, and she's one and two and three and four, five, six, seven. But we know that there's like nine, right? At least it should be eight, uh, Nine if you went to, to Christmas, actually. And here we found out that Lumina decided that if she took an extra loop off, she might be able to make Christmas happen a day earlier. <laughs> huh? Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> so she took an extra loop off, right? Because isn't that what we... So she was, she, her anticipation is so high. And she had to take the loop off. And I'm thinking, next year is chocolate. She'll probably eat all the chocolate in one day. Are you anticipating celebrating the birth of Jesus? I, I, I want to encourage you. 
there's going to be plenty of busyness. One of my favorite things uh, to do on Christmas Eve is after, and, and, and if you've got things to do, do them. But I want to encourage you that if you don't have anywhere to be or any, uh, anywhere you have to be Christmas Eve, we're going to have the birthday party for Jesus. And I thought that was a little corny when I first got here, um, like a gazillion years ago. I didn't know who started it. It doesn't matter. I don't know. Um, but it, over the years, it had, as, as it became a responsibility to hang out there for a while, it became very apparent to me that this was a really important uh, piece of Christmas tradition. And, and the reason being, it was an opportunity to just sit back and enjoy some Christmas Eve, some Christmas celebration uh, with others in my church family. And I miss, and I, I reminisced yesterday, I miss um, some, of those, uh, some of those individuals who stayed and we just talked about life and the memories of the year. And for some, it's, uh, they had lost their spouse, and so they came and stayed. And for some, they just didn't have anywhere they had to be. And for some, they wanted, they, they was just so, it's just so exciting that um, they want to be re, uh, responsible for it and help it make it go. And, and I'm so thankful for that. And so I want to encourage you that if you don't have anywhere to be Christmas Eve, stay after with us. I don't know if there'll be a birthday cake, but I'm sensing there might be because there usually is. There's, there's snacks and all kinds of... But, but the reflection time, the time sitting together and talking about what's exciting about the birth of Jesus is what's most important. They were waiting for this gift. They were waiting in anticipation. Are you waiting in anticipation to celebrate the birth of Jesus? Or has it become something of ritual that we have to have our tree up and we have to have all our lights on? By the way, we got our lights and tree on. We're doing good. Dog only ate two ornaments so far. All the important ones are up where he can't get to them. The cheaper ones have been chewed on. One was glass. Don't ask. I don't know. <laughs> He'd tip over the tree. Second, they looked for authenticity. They, they had been awaiting this Jesus. But they needed to be, like, to make sure that he was authentic. He was the one. And the, the angels tell him, you will, a sign will be there for you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes, clothes, cloths. I said that clothes this morning. And lying in a manger. I don't know about you, but how often do we find a baby wrapped in cloths in a manger? How unassuming would a child born uh, in the back of a barn in a feeding trough be? Anybody? Anybody gone and seen a baby? In, no. Me neither. It was so unassuming. But they needed to know that it was authentic. That he, was the, he wasn't able to say who he was. He was a child, a baby. You may remember, uh, I can remember in the 80s. I, wait, I'm just gonna cl- I just want to clarify one thing. I did not have a Cabbage Patch doll. This is not mine. But, I, but in the 80s, my brother and my sister, they're a little younger than I, 
Do you, if you're old enough to remember the cabbage patch, you may have owned one, right? You don't have to, you don't have to fess up in, in here, but there was a year when they were like the hottest thing going, right? This is back before probably, they, now they'd probably make a million knockoffs, but then there was, a, there was this authentic uh, understanding. If you, if you could find a cabbage patch doll for Christmas, you had won the lottery, and they had to have the name like stamped on the rump, right? And, that's, and that one says 85, so I'm assuming that's 1985. And we remember, I can remember my brother and sister being so excited, grabbing, get, opening that gift. And I don't know what it took my mom to, to get that. I don't know. You'd have to ask her. I might ask her in second service. Um, but I remember it being, it actually came with a paper. Suitable for framing, right? That this was the real deal. This Cabbage Patch doll was the real deal. It was. There was no fake. It was real. Authentic. Authentic. Do you know that this Jesus is authentic? He is the real deal. They were looking for him. They looked for him to come. They expected him to come. They didn't know when, but when he did come, they were so excited. They were excited to go and see him. I don't know about, this is the one Christmas, I think, well, I think we watched two, but this is the one Christmas show I got to watch this week. I know, I watched the heavy ones too. That is the oldest one. Brian, who is it? Who is it, Brian? What's the voice, though? Boris Karloff. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> I knew Brian would know. We had talked about it. So we watched this on Friday, Thursday? I don't know. Thursday. We actually didn't have something going Thursday. We watched uh, The Grinch. And as we were watching it, what was the Grinch's problem? His heart was too small, right? But what was he struggling with? He was struggling with all the materialism of the world, was he not? He was, he was going to steal all the stuff. Poor dog. That, this poor dog who had Max. Yeah, thank you, Ken. <laughs> poor Max, right? He had a little horn. Who had to carry that stinking sleigh loaded. And the Grinch was frustrated and angry at all of the, all of the things that weren't important. And maybe a piece that he wasn't involved. And what made his heart bigger? You remember? Cindy Lou Who, right? He was stealing her stuff. <laughs> she woke up. I wonder how many of our hearts, mine included, are two sizes too small. Who get hung up on the wrong things and miss the fact that Jesus is the authentic reason for this season. That he is the one that we are here to celebrate. That means if there are no gifts involved, so be it. If there's no food involved, so be it. Maybe we've set ourselves up for disappointment. Maybe at the end of the day we need to step back and 
and reflect upon what really is going on. So I want to share with you just for a couple minutes. Because we need to reflect upon the manger, right? Mary, what does it say in, uh, in the scripture? Uh, it says, Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Mary had all kinds of emotions going on. Liz was talking about Amelia this morning, and, and she was on my heart on Wednesday night when we were in prayer meeting, and I can't help but think about how important that prayer is this week to, to be able to keep them together, whatever that looks like. I don't know what that looks like. I, I'd be kidding you if I thought that God was going to do one thing or another. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to look like. But I'm going to challenge you as a church that we pray as a church for a family who just whose gift this Christmas is to be together. Because just for a moment, think about what Mary walked through. She walked through a brand new baby, right? The precious uh, instant love of a brand new baby. That perfect love. That innocence. And in that, she pondered other things. And I don't know if she had that vision of like, here's where it's headed. I don't know if she completely understood uh, what was going to happen. And, but Mary was a mother who loved her son. And I don't know if she saw a vision of what was to come or that she remembered the prophecies about what would happen. Or even if she just thought, maybe this is going to be hard. Being a parent is difficult. Maybe she pondered that part of it. But the scripture says she pondered them in her heart. And my sense is that there was... There was more for her to ponder than just, what are we going to do with this child? My sense is that maybe she understood uh, in some supernatural way a sense that he would ride in on a donkey. That he would live, live a perfect life. That there would be a cross involved. Maybe in some way, shape, or form, she understood some of what her son, the Savior, would walk through. And so there's a mix of emotions in Mary's heart. The excitement of a brand new baby, the fear of raising that child, the understanding of, the, of the, what was on his shoulders, as the Scripture says. So many mixed emotions. It says she pondered them in her heart. I want to share with you a song. Uh, it's an old song, actually. It's called Breath of Heaven. And, I, and it, it, it just helps us uh, to maybe get a little sense of what Mary walked through. This is going to be something new and special. 
Jesus is what makes it special. And if you haven't made him the king of your life, you have that opportunity. Don't leave this morning without that. And if you've made Jesus the king of your life, let me encourage you as an individual and as a family to celebrate celebrate Jesus first and foremost in the upcoming week. Enjoy your family time. It's good. But reflect like Mary reflected on the sacrifice that would come. Because it didn't end at the crosses. It ended at the empty tomb. And that empty tomb changed our lives. Let's pray. Lord, you are so good to us. You came as a king, a babe child, Lord, that would come and change this world. There was an expectation of looking forward. There was an opportunity, Lord, to recognize that you were the one. There had been many who had claimed that you were the one. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for coming that we might celebrate. In your name we pray. Amen.